Hi, this is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast. The podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're talking to Ross Ramsey, Aaron Prubanek and Kyle Pearson about No Place Left, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Just pursued some uh, people to labor in the harvest with and uh, met Aaron right away. He just got out of minor league baseball and was looking for uh, something to do. And uh, we got connected through a, a prayer meeting and uh, man, this guy was just a beast in the harvest, beast evangelist, just an animal. So I was like, man, I got I to gotta partner up with this guy. So uh, we began to work together pretty fast and uh, just going out and into the areas of DFW and um, you know, engaging people with the gospel, praying for them and uh, telling them about Jesus and uh, just begin to work together and try to figure some things out and get connected to some other people. Um, and you know, I think States just are doing this growing up in Dallas, I didn't know Jesus. I didn't, I had a lot of people that in my life that were Christian, but I never heard the gospel until I was 22. And so I just kind of early in my walk with Christ about 10 years ago, I just kind of resolved that I didn't want what happened to me to happen to others to, to go their whole lives without hearing about Jesus, you know? And so I think just what draws us together is that we believe that, that we believe the gospel. It's true. If the gospel is true, we have to share it. Um, and so all the other stuff, the four fields, all of it hinges on that message. You know, it comes down to the word of God being proclaimed. And so I think that's what draws us together and, you know, all the strategies and the tools and those things are, are a supplement. They're great. But the, the main thing is people need to have an opportunity to encounter, encounter Jesus. So I, it was the end of 2016 and um, I was at a, a local church and we were just really frustrated with, we're not reaching our community. We were, we were actually um, just on a kind of on a slow uh, decline. And my pastor was extremely frustrated and we were just grabbing at straws, to be quite honest with Kyle, you. Kyle, I sat down with Kyle and, and, and Aaron at Panera Bread. It was on, a, I think, on a, a Tuesday. It was January of 17. And they sat down, and I'll never forget, um, we're two minutes into our conversation, and their phones go off. And they go, can we just stop? And I'm like, what? what? why? And they go, I want to pray right now. And I'm like, that's kind of rude. It was 10.02. Mm. So he prays, but it really left an impression on me. And because they prayed, you know, Lord, the harvest, send out labors. And so the next few moments, he kind of explained what they're doing. And I understood just a little bit of it. But what I loved about him is their passion. And he showed me some four fields thing didn't really connect with me. Um, And from that point forward, uh, the next thing I remember is. Um, I mentioned apartment complex was a whole nother story that was begging for us to come in. And Kyle says, I tell you what, what are you doing next? I think you literally Kyle said, what are you doing next Tuesday? He said, let's go over that apartment complex and you just watch what I do. And I'm like, uh, okay. And then the rest. One thing that just, I think binds us is, is the burden for lostness, but um, it, it is, it is the commitment I think to, to the scriptures and believing that the word of God um, is is showing us how to reach um, people far from God and reach an area. And so we're committed 
to that. We're committed to the word of God. We're committed to the Bible. We're committed to, you know, do what it says and, and, um, you know, find our strategy, find our answers from what Jesus did. Oh, I mean, you know, there's 7.2 million people in the Metroplex, five and a half million lost people, people far from God. So that means there's 1.7 million, at least in name Christians. And so early on, Kyle and I spent a lot of time uh, doing direct engagement among unreached people groups, mostly South Asians in the Metroplex. And over a period of time, a lot of failure uh, and some, some people that were investing in us speaking into a, our, our work, we started thinking more geographically. We always had an eye on partnering with the local churches in our city, um, but those doors just hadn't really been open. We had some, some false starts you know, uh, you know, five or six times with trainings, we cast vision and had coffee with three dozen pastors and leaders, and it just didn't go anywhere. Um, and so in the midst of really prayer and fasting, um, we got connected with Ross and you heard kind of his story, uh, and just, you know, his background and his connection with Jeff and, uh, just the, the God ordained, you know, connection that was. Um, but what brought us together was that kind of geographic focus, seeing this, the whole city as our field, not just the bullseye, which is the unreached in our city, um, and recognizing that if, if every believer in Dallas shares the gospel once a week, then every year, all the, the lost people will hear the gospel 14 times each. And so there's a massive labor force just waiting. And, and as we've done trainings and as we've modeled for people, man, the people in our city are dying to experience Jesus. They really are. They want to. They want to make disciples. They want to, to share the gospel. They just There's just bar- barriers. And so we see it as our responsibility to help remove those barriers, to love people, to model for them, to help them. And, and Ross was the, really the first in his church, was the first really legacy church that really engaged with us. And, and that partnership is, is, is extremely strong. And there's so many other churches that we've been able to have significant partnerships and relationships with as a result step, of one that. One step back. That apartment complex that me and Kyle went to um, back in January of 17, um, let me tell you a little story there. Uh, uh, of several weeks before, um, somebody in our church, a layman, a very, uh, he's, a, he has, he's over a Spanish work here at church. Drove over to that church or that apartment complex, knocked on the apartment manager's door to try to reach some Hispanic believers or Hispanic people in that community. And the manager was uh, like, you know what? We really don't have that many Hispanic people over here, but no, we need a church over here helping us with all these kids running around. And so he came back to my pastor and said, hey, there's nothing for me to do over here, but this church, is, this apartment is begging for a church to come into this complex. And so I went over there and sure enough, the manager was just falling all over herself with a cigarette in her mouth uh, saying, you guys need to get over here and do something. You're right. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I don't know what we're going to do. And so um, we're all sitting on the, the store, the, the steps of the manager, the manager's office. And she looks out and I'm standing there. I'm getting ready to get in my car. And I go, oh, my goodness, you can see our people from your office. Here. Yeah. You tell the story. She goes, right before your guy from your church came in, uh, we had a storm that night and it blew down all these trees and it knocked over the trees that we could see. Uh, we could see your steeple. And I came out that, that morning and I go, that church needs to be over here doing something. And then that guy from your church came over that next day. And wow. so I tell you that story uh-huh. because there was, a, there was a, an apartment complex, an entry, field one was begging us to come in there. Now, we were going to go in there and do all the typical stuff, uh, a block party, 
you know, do something that was real uh, mercy ministry. Well, right at that time that they were begging us to come in, I get introduced to Kyle and he introduces me to field two, three and four, which I had no, I had no idea I was going to do that. And so that was really a strategy that God gave uh, Kyle and Aaron that they came along. And then it was like a match made in heaven. And we went over there and we saw that was the entry into our community. And our people saw that this this was truly a strategy and God opening a door. Well, Kyle and Aaron, uh, they were fasting and they said, hey, come, we're going to come train you, your church. So, um, <laughs> I reluctantly agreed. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I, I had no idea. So I one Saturday, uh, we, we mocked out a date sometime in February, March. And he said, give me the whole Saturday. And I was like, you're crazy. No one's going to come do a Saturday training for all day long. And he's like, that's, that's what it's going to take. And so I go, okay. So I cashed all my chips in and invited as many people as I could. We ended up with 44 people that showed up for a whole day Saturday training. And Kyle and Aaron did it. And they did an exceptional job. The thing is, I never told anybody in that training that they were going to go out and knock on doors. No one knew that, except for maybe two or three people. And so when we got to that point of the training, it was, I could feel the tension. But we went out and God showed up. And so we sent out teams of three, and most of them were extremely nervous. Um, Kyle and Aaron, jump in. You guys were right there. I mean, they were apprehensive. You could feel that the, there was people sweating. Um, they were afraid. Uh, I'll give you one example. Uh, a, a lady went out with me. Her name is Ann Britton, who's since become really a great trainer. Um, she, was, uh, uh, she was getting emotionally like she was going to throw up. People had never done this. So we come back. I came back early that day, or I came back early. Uh, uh, we were supposed to be out for an hour and 30 minutes. I came back about an hour and 50 minutes. And I fully expected to come back to a room full of people extremely upset with me. Um, like, how dare you pull a, a bait and switch on us? We were here for training. And I came back to an empty room. And I thought either that's really good or really bad. Turned out to be really good. So I sat there at the front of the room and I just watched one group come in at a time. And they're laughing, they're high-fiving, um, couple are weeping. And I'm just sitting there going, what is going on? And so people started coming up and telling me stories. Mm. And at that point, I'm about, there's about five people deep going, let me tell you this. And I go, well, tell you what. Just sit down and let's just all hear it at once. I never thought of a report time. I just, it never occurred to me. Now we do that every, we do it twice a week now. And everybody sat down, we went group by group, and every single group had a, a significant interaction in the harvest. And it was just like, it was, I, I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was like an Acts 2 type of awe. And so that was Saturday. Sunday morning, I come to church. And all I can tell you is there's a buzz in our church. I literally was walking the halls and I had at least five to 10 and maybe eight to 10 people come up and go, what happened yesterday that weren't at the training? What happened? Tell me about it. Cause my friend was telling me about it. it went, it, it just, it went viral in our church immediately. And what happened is, is what exactly what Aaron said. They experienced Christ in the harvest. 
like they had they had never experienced Christ like this. And so it just created a buzz like nothing I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anything. Like this. So, yeah, it's really it's really amazing. Uh, just the ripple effect that's happened um, at 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 First Baptist Church Allen. Um, people outside of uh, of that church and other churches that they have relationships with are, are hearing the stories. Uh, they're hearing what God is doing uh, in the church among the people. Um, what you know, what's being uh, encountered in the community? People coming to Christ, and so they've actually uh, have become very very good at training. Um, they have their own training teams uh, in their church, and they offer a monthly training that they invite anyone and everyone to come to from uh, from all over the metroplex. And so other churches are coming to experience the training, but also the harvest time as mentioned was mentioned many times. The harvest time is uh, really what uh, in- impacts people. That's where the paradigm shift happens because people meet Jesus in the harvest. They intersect people's lives um, uh, as, as people are, uh, man, you know, you guys have um, encountered people, uh, you know, attempting suicide. Um, so many uh, just, mm-hmm. God opportunities and these stories are getting out. So other, other churches are starting to, you know, want the training wanting this to be a part of, uh, of their church as well. So what's really been neat is first Baptist church Allen is now training other churches. And so uh, that, that vision is now being carried uh, across to other sister churches in the Metroplex. And uh, they are now starting to train their own pay- people and um, uh, starting efforts to impact lostness around around their church but again um you know the, the byproduct of, of what they're seeing is yes uh people are encountering encountering christ uh in the community but uh the spiritual uh depth in um uh the experience of christ in the lives of, of the church people are are through the roof uh we've got um one one gentleman that uh is uh with another church that uh um has asked us to come train and we've been taking them out into the community and caring for people with prayer and sharing our story and God's story. And, uh, you know, he's told us a number of times that this has changed his life. He's been in ministry 25 years and, uh, so, somewhere down the road, he, he's gotten away from, from this. And, uh, he's told Aaron and, my, and myself at least 10 times a piece, uh, this has changed my life. I, I have been experiencing Jesus like I've never uh, experienced before, and this is uh, changing our church. So it's it's beginning to become viral among among the bride in Dallas, and that's what we've been praying for. That's what we've been fasting for. There's this sleeping giant in the Metroplex, just waiting um, to you know to be released, and uh, and uh, just the encounter with the Lord, and just the encounter with the gospel is is transformation. It's really. I was sitting there talking to a guy. At the uh, in the welcome area of our church, and there's this lady standing behind him, and I could tell she was trying to get my attention, and um, I was just waiting for this other guy to kind of be quiet so I could break away, and he finally stopped, and I, there was a you know a stop in the conversation. So I made she kind of made her way toward me, and she looked at me. Do you remember me? I said no, I really don't, and I kind of knew where she was going. She goes, she knocked on my door a couple months ago, and I said oh, okay, well cool. She goes. And um, here I am. And I said, well, that's great. And she goes, I really loved your worship service. And I said, you interested in coming to a group? She said, yeah. So I started walking to a group. And she said, let me tell you something. 
I didn't tell you this when you guys knocked on my door, but she goes, I've been praying for weeks. And that day, God, will you show me what the next step is? I feel like I've stalled out my faith. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And she goes, you guys have been show up at my door. And it was like, this is, he goes, this is eight hours ago. She's telling um, me. So that, that happened just yesterday. Okay. Last Wednesday, my wife is out in the harvest. She knocked on the door of this girl. A 25-year-old comes to the door and we do our thing, you know, pray that we get into the three circles. So my wife starts to show the three circles and she stops her because I've seen this. And she goes, but continue going on. I want to see it again. My wife's like, okay. So she finishes it out and she goes, let me tell you, my boy, you guys knocked on my boyfriend's door sometime in the past. We don't, I, she didn't know. She didn't tell when or how. She goes, and you shared the three circles with him. And he kept the card and has since shared it with me. Okay, so now we get to the girlfriend. And she eventually opened up. She's a Mormon. She's really frustrated in the Mormon faith, trying to keep the rules. And her and her boyfriend have been talking about this. And they feel like this might be something they need to look into. And so that happened last Wednesday. Last, this past Sunday. So, I mean, these stories are just starting to roll in when you abundantly go into your community over a period of time. It just starts to, it really starts to get a momentum and a critical mass. And we're starting to see those stories almost once to twice a week now, but it's, it's taken a year and a half being in the harvest. Um, and they're just starting to really bubble up everywhere. Um, and cool. We talk about what is no place left. It's, it's local ownership of the core missionary task. The core missionary task being defined as, um, you know, entering fields, people's in places, sharing the gospel, discipling new believers, planning new churches, and raising up leaders. We want to see local ownership of that task all across the city. And so for us, um, you know, you think about discipleship um, containers, you know, and, and different ways to gather people. And, you know, Jesus had his discipleship container with the 12 as he, he traveled around in his itinerant ministry. And for us, raising up teams has been the kind of like the container that has really stuck and has really uh, communicated well in our city. Um, when we talk about church planning in DFW, um, it's it, it, it's met with resistance. There's a buzzsaw when you talk about church planning because there's territorialism. There's I don't know if that's a word. People are territorial. Um, you know, there's there's confusion on what it means, right? And so we have a lot of churches. Why do we need new churches? Things like that. But when we talk about teams, the focus becomes let's engage lost people. And people get the vision. There's 5.5 million lost. So we have right now somewhere in between, you know, it fluctuates when you have leadership and, and, and different things, but somewhere between 15 and 20 teams from the east side, from Garland, all the way, all the way west of Fort Worth to, to Weatherford, um, people that are taking local ownership. So we're defining a team as those who are meeting on a regular basis in a three thirds. Um, we're, we're calling it the pattern of discipleship. Um, they're engaged in the harvest. And they have a, a plan to engage the lost and they have a vision. They're committed. They're unified uh, to reach lost people in that area. And so um, that the churches can be teams. Churches can have multiple teams. could be a family, could be a Bible study. I mean, they, they can take many different forms, but they're, they're rallying around those three things, uh, the pattern of discipleship, a harvest time and um, a vision. And so our heart, our goal, our vision is to see the, the city saturated with these teams so that all 7.2 million people have somebody who's taken ownership that they would hear the gospel and, and obviously um, would have the tools to disciple and church plant beyond that. Our church, sorry, our church is being planted in, in Dallas-Fort Worth. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of those, you know, early on that, that started with us just being church, you know, coming together with those that we were laboring with and being church. And so we kind of resisted that for a while saying, Hey, we'll just go plant churches in the harvest. And it wasn't until we decided to be church, um, with our team, with our, with the people that we had been laboring with for, for a time, um, that other churches started to be planted. Um, and one of those, we had a, a guy in Fort Worth, Chris, uh, him and his family came for six weeks and were a part of our church. And they went back to Fort Worth and planted their church. And they've since have multiplied uh, a few churches out of that. Um, and then just, you know, in different harvest fields, we're seeing sometimes it's the yellow lights, you know, the people that aren't committed. Sometimes they have a Christian background, but just gathering some of those people together. And so just down the street from where we are right now for the last uh, 16 months, there's been a church meeting in a man's, a man from Uganda opened up his home house of peace. And there's been a church meeting in his home for the last 16 months. And that church has, has seen many, many people come to Christ. Uh, you know, they've seen several of those people get baptized. Um, you know, the, the discipleship, uh, is sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't with some of those folks, but, um, you know, the, the goal of those teams is certainly to impact lostness. And the result of that is going to be new disciples and new churches. Um, and so, that's one of those things where just that language communicating, starting with one and letting the, letting the byproduct, kind of like with Ross, you know, the discipleship within their church, seeing the health of that increase is now bubbling out over into the community. The so same thing with that team vision. Uh, people are coming, coming alongside each other with that vision and they're using those tools. And the end result is they're going to make disciples and plant churches in the community. Yeah. So well, we're seeing time- um, uh, You know, it's, it's, it's hundreds of people that have come to Christ. Um, people have stuck around for a time and then, you know, uh, they'll, they'll evaporate. Um, I mean, just to be completely honest with you and transparent, it's one of our biggest stuckages right now is sustained discipleship and, uh, sustained church. And, uh, you know, I think that might be a stuckage that's, uh, pretty universal. Um, but, uh, it's really one of our challenges. Um, you know, again, we're, 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 we're continuing to learn. And uh, continuing to uh, you know fail forward and and, and uh, you know pray and fast and ask God to uh, yeah bring bring in the harvest and show us God how do we see uh, discipleship maintained churches multiplied um, and sustained um, throughout all the segments of our of our, our city and people groups and so um, <clears throat> we uh, we've seen we've seen a lot of people uh, make decisions to follow Jesus uh, we've seen a lot of people baptize. Um, we've, we've seen a lot less of those people really stick around, uh, for discipleship. And that's not really a, a lack of effort on our end. I mean, we're doing the, our best that, uh, we can to, to follow up the, with those people immediately, and, uh, you know, enter into a relationship with them and, uh, begin to, you know, gather them into an existing church that's, that's happening or, uh, see them, uh, help see them start to gather new people, uh, to start new churches. Uh, but really, uh, it's really one of our, uh, main, main points of, uh, uh, challenge right now. So just continuing to learn, uh, there is a brother in, in, uh, in Fort Worth, uh, we'll just call him Peter. Uh, he's a cross-cultural, um, guy from South Asia and, uh, very gifted practitioner. Um, he, he is seeing probably, uh, some of the most fruit, um, possibly in North America, especially among refugee populations. He's seen about, um, I think it's 800 people uh, baptized in the last eight years um, and seeing uh, lots of churches started and sustained. And uh, so 
no, we're, we're learning from him. Um, uh, you know, how can we begin to deploy these same types of, uh, uh, you know, practices that he's doing. And uh, a lot of it's not, not, not a lot of it's different. I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff that we're doing and we're, 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 uh, we're, we're trying. Um, so, um, you know, we're, like I said, still, still learning, still, still moving forward. The, we don't the have immediate the, impact uh, that we're experiencing is among the existing body of Christ uh, and in the community. So the gospel is going out immediately into the fields. Uh, and so uh, people are hearing the gospel a lot more than they, than they had a year ago, uh, I would say in the DFW Metroplex. And uh, really there's a, there's a bit of a groundswell building. Uh, we really feel like there's just a, a momentum, um, just a, uh, uh, something is happening at some point. It's kind of like bamboo, you know, uh, you'll start to see it sprout, you know, really fast. And we just really kind of sense that, that that's what's, what's happening. Um, and there's just this army of laborers that's being built up to be confident on know who to share with, what to say and what to do when people say yes, and even gather them into, into church and help that church grow healthy and develop leaders to begin to reproduce that. And, um, you know, we just feel like as, as we get more and more laborers out there that are competent to be able to obey all of the great commission, uh, it's just a matter of time that, that God's going to blow, uh, the wind's going to blow and, uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see a great movement of God. And so we're just believing that. that other churches are now coming to us and going, okay, what did you do? How are you doing this? That, so for me, I feel like what God has called me to do is to go to the existing church and say, come on in here and l- let me show you what we've learned and what we're going to do. And, um, and that seems to have been very, um, that seems to be fruitful for me. Now, in the meantime, in the meantime, we, we have, I think, one, potentially two uh, sustainable groups that have started purely out of the harvest. Mm-hmm. And that's one is the Brazilian group. And they meet every Sunday night. And they were there last night. There's about nine to 15 of them. It fluctuates. And so we're really pleased you know, with that. In fact, uh, we want to see, you know, from a, from a saturation standpoint, we would love to see um, a church in every town in DFW taking ownership for the losses in that, in that city. You know, a, a Plano, an Allen, a Frisco, a McKinney, a Garland, a Rowlett, a Wiley you know, a Carrollton and Louisville. We want to see a church in each one of these little cities, big, big cities, some of them taking ownership. And man, I'd love to see, uh, one of the things I pray for is we want to see uh, a million people baptized. You know, what if, what if, what if a million people came to Christ and got baptized? And I think we're seeing spiritual renewal in our city. People are, um, like we've talked about before, experiencing God in a new way. They're seeing the word of God differently they're reading the Bible differently and they're obeying Jesus in a new way. And I I don't know what you call that. That's, you know, that's renewal. That's revival. There's something happening. And I I think like we've said, but Kyle said earlier, the end result of that is that lostness is going to be impacted. We know, we know that that is God's heart. You know, it's God's heart is that his people would be obedient, but his heart is also that other people would come to know him. And so um, we're, we're ecstatic about what God's doing in the church, but we don't think he's doing something in the church to stop there. He's doing something in the church to impact lost that people. And so someone's going to reap something somewhere down the line. It might not be us. I am fully convinced that 
I won't, I might be dead or long gone. And, but someone's going to reap the work that these two guys have done. And it's going to be way downstream, but I, I have a firm, I believe in my heart that we are sowing something that's going to be reaped in another season. And I might see it. I might never see it. Um, but I, I, I really do believe that. I sense that in my heart that God, God's going to do something. Um, Man, we and, Dallas is an is a increasingly global city. Um, you know, some of the hardest people groups uh, in the world to reach live in our city. And uh, man, we're we're trusting God that we're going to see uh, a multiplying church among every people group uh, in our city. Uh, and we believe that God can uh, cascade those movements across the ocean. You know, and we're we're believing God. I'm believing. God for, for my neighbors from South Asia, you know, and, uh, God's already working in their life through their circumstances and, uh, and we've gotten opportunities to share with them. And so I, I, you know, we're already seeing just little glimmers and man, we're just believing God that man, we're going to see the great commission accomplished in our lifetime. And, uh, we're believing God for that. And, uh, we're going to play our part in the effect.